some things you just can't unsee, you know? <laughs> yep, and uh, thanks. If you're a guest with us, you're like, what kind of church is this? Anyway, <laughs> what have we done? I love it. Well, we're having a ton of fun in this series. We started this just last week, and we're calling it our mixtape, Seven Songs We Fell in Love To, and we said, let's just take some time and talk about love, right? Love, sex, dating, marriage, and uh, what we said is, is love in general is always in, right? And you hear it in the love songs and the music throughout the generations. And as we trace back kind of through the decades, we're going to look at all these different songs over the decades. Music styles will change. What we listen to them on will change. But love is always in. It's always relevant. And it's always a huge part of our lives. And we're always kind of eager to figure it out, whether we're looking to find someone for the first time or the next time, or we're looking to refire a love that we have been in for a long time. Uh, love is always in, right? It's relevant. And so we want to do that. We want to take some time to work through kind of the whole gamut of relationships from the very initial starting point all the way to lifelong love. And we said we're going to kind of talk through the different stages and different pieces of it and uh, kind of have a lot of fun along the way. And so we started that just last weekend and we started talking about attraction. And we said, listen, attraction is good. It is normal. It's right. As men and women, we're going to be attracted to each other. We're made to be, in fact. And so we said it just can't stop at the skin level, right? We can't just stop with appearance and being attracted to each other physically. That attraction has to go deeper into the person that I'm attracted to. And we said, ladies, you're looking for a man with a name, someone you can respect and who is respected that you can kind of uh, connect with that way. And we said, fellas, you're looking for a lady with a heart, a lady who has compassion and who is strong and who is wise. And we said, boy, if you can find each other and be attracted to each other at that deep heart level, probably on the right track. So if you missed that conversation, you can catch up online or on our YouTube channel. You can watch it and uh, get caught up that way. And we're going to continue to advance the conversation today uh, kind of a level deeper. We're going to talk about my love, right? A little JT action today. We're going to talk about what it means to find real love. If I'm looking for actual love, whether I'm in a dating relationship or I'm in marriage, like I want to be able to recognize love when I'm in it. I want to be able to find it and say, that's actually what I'm looking for. What should our love relationship be kind of described as or described by? And so we want to take some time to, to define that, and we want to make sure we're on the right track so that we know love when we have it okay, and when we find it. I'll tell you personally, um, this whole conversation in this series is fascinating for me uh, because it, Really, growing up as a person who had no faith background at all, I didn't grow up in church and grow up hearing about Jesus, I didn't even believe by the time I became a young adult that long-term love was possible. I would have looked at you and said, I'm not sure marriage works. I'm not sure it can be successful over a lifetime. Here was my premise, kind of watch how it works. I would have looked and said, as a person with no faith, and some of you might be here, as a person with no faith, I, I would have looked and said, the best thing a human being can do is be an ever-growing, ever-changing individual, right? That I never stop kind of growing into all that I can become. And I would say, yeah, that's true for me. And then if I'm with someone, that's going to be true for them too, that they're going to be an ever-growing, ever-changing individual. So how would you ever get to a place where you could say two ever-growing, changing individuals are going to grow in the same direction, Right? Because if I grow, I, I might grow in this direction and need to, to go in a whole different realm in my life. What's to say that you should go with me in that? Because you might grow in a different one. 
So I would have looked and said, maybe love can happen in a season or for a time, but how can I guarantee that you and I, over 20, 30, 40, 50 years, are going to grow in the same direction and kind of in the same way? Now, when I came to faith in Jesus, what I found was something that finally made sense to me. I would have said, okay, I get it now. If we have the same God, and that God would say, I am love, right? The Bible actually tells us God is love. He, in his person, that's who he is. And, he, and we would say, if, I'm, if I've got two people that both say, we are in, we want to follow God, we want to ever change and grow towards God, now I've got an anchoring point that can say, we will guarantee that we can move in the same direction and grow and change in that direction. And now I said, hey, that could work. If two people define their lives by the same God, then long-term love is actually possible. And especially if God teaches me what love is like and how it works, and we're trying to aim at the same kind of goal. Huge, right? It's a huge thing. And so that's what we're going to do is start to look at love today. And we're going to look at it kind of at the baseline level, that the kind of love that should show up in any relationship, not even just romantic relationships, but kind of look at the definition of love. And then we're going to talk about it from uh, kind of the guy's perspective and the lady's perspective. Because we tend to receive love just slightly differently as men and women. We all want to be loved, right? And in general, we want to be, kind of all be loved in all the ways. But there tends to be some ways that men receive love and it's more effective, and there's some ways that ladies receive love, and it tends to be more effective. So we're going to walk that through and, of course, have some fun in the process. So let's first look at the definition of love according to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is kind of the love chapter. If you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard this at one time or another. Here's how it goes. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Right? Here's this baseline definition of love. And at first glance, as you hear that and you look at it, if you thought of all of the couples in your mind that you would say, that couple's a couple that I respect, and they tend to have a love that is enviable, but maybe it's worth mimicking. My guess is, I would willing to bet, that probably their relationship looks a lot like this. That if you want to do love right, they probably have a foundation of this kind of love underneath it all, right? And their romance is kind of on top of that foundation. That's what we want to see happen, right? So we're going to look at this definition a little bit, and then, of course, we want to start to dive into how this shows up differently for men and for women. So fellas, I'm going to start by talking to you a little bit about how the ladies want to be loved. So ladies, you're going to let me have to be your representative here, okay? So I am not a female. Hopefully that is not news to you, right? But you got to let me represent you. And uh, fellas, I'm going to talk to you first. Here's the question. Men, what do women want from a man? Whew, that's a big question, right? Men, what do women want from a man? Ready for the answer? The comprehensive, conclusive answer to all things? Not at all, right? This is at least one thing we can say for sure. Women want to be chosen, valued, and pursued. Women want to be chosen, valued, and pursued. 
okay? Let's talk about what that looks like. And what we're going to do to set up shop here is we're going to kind of grant all of our examples from the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. This is an amazing book of the Bible. You've got to check it out. It's different because it's kind of a poetic, almost like a, it's almost set in like a musical tone, right? You're going to see this relationship between a man and a woman. They're falling in love. They're crazy about each other. And there's all this symbolic language in the book that kind of represents their attraction to each other and their love for one another. So we're going to dive into that and see how this truth plays out in, in some of these passages, right? So women want to be chosen, valued, and pursued. What do you mean by that? Let's look at some passages to unpack it. So Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 2. Here's what uh, the man's going to say. He's going to say, Like a lily among the thorns is my darling among the young women. Right before this verse, the woman would have said, Hey, I'm like a lily. And a lily would be basically an ordinary flower, not an exotic flower, not, not a super special. She's like, I'm just a lily. And the man picks that up, picks up her analogy of herself, and he says, you, if you're a lily, you are a lily, and everyone else, every other woman on the planet is a thorn, right? You are the one that I see. When I look out among the women, I see you. I choose you. I want to be with you. Fellas, this is what this man is communicating to his lady. And this lady wants to be chosen. She would receive this as love. Fellas, this is what we're looking for. When, when you see a woman and you're attracted to her, maybe you're beginning to date or thinking about dating, all the way back at the very beginning, if you have that feeling for a woman and it's in your heart and in your mind, you think there's an attraction there, and you, you think she might want you to ask her out, it starts by actually doing it, right? By pulling the trigger and saying, I got to show up and like put myself out there and ask the question. It is scary, right? Because guys, what's our biggest fear? Rejection, right? What's her biggest love language, right? You stepping out and being willing to be rejected by choosing her, by taking initiative, this is what this man does, and this is what we do in the very beginning. We want to move towards the woman that we're looking for. Now listen, if there's not an attraction, and you step out, and she rejects you, listen, if she rejects you, and it's clear that she doesn't want to be with you, stop asking, right? Do not be a stalker. Here's, here's my nightmare playing out. Ryan told me to persevere, right? <laughs> this is not permission for you to stalk, people, okay? But, but listen, if you're reaching out, you want to choose her. You want to take the step to move forward. And then it continues in the relationship that your woman, what she wants is she wants you to choose her over other things in your life. If you're always choosing to help someone else, if you're always dropping everything else to go rescue someone else, if you're always choosing to be with the guys and play the video games and choosing to do something else, and then if there's a little bit of time left, then I'll choose you. That will be received as a low level of love. Right? Women's want, they, they want to be your priority. They want your attention and your affection. They want to be seen by you and chosen by you. Man, you're the lily. All the rest are thorns. You got my heart. You got my attention. You got my eyes, and you got my schedule. Like, fellas, this is what they're looking for. Ladies, am I close? Help me out here. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's the next one. Song of Songs, 1, 9 through 11. I liken you 
my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. So the guy's like, honey, when I think of you, what I think of is a large farm animal. (laughs) Fellas, lead with that one. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Tell me the story later, right? Maybe not. What he's saying is this, so you would have you would have uh, this army kind of set up with all these stallions, right? Because they're kind of the male horses. And they would all be set up to go to war. And then there would be one mare, like one female, and she would be decked out. And when the, the enemy forces came with all the stallions to attack, they would release the mare, and the mare would draw all the attention of the enemy forces. And the, the stallions on the Egyptian army, they could move forward and attack. Why? Because everyone is captivated by the mare. Everybody's looking at the mare. She is the one that that grabs all of our attention. Fellas, this is what this guy's saying. He's saying, oh, I see you. You you distract me from everything. Everyone's looking at you. Everybody wants to be with you. See, he's valuing her. He's choosing her. And he would look at her and say, you are the most exquisite woman on the planet your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with strings of jewels. We will make, the, this kind of the friends rejoicing with them, we will make you earrings of gold studded with silver. Right, women want to be valued as the mare, right? The large farm animal among the chariots. <laughs> they want to be the one in the crowd. This is why, fellows, that we want to buy our ladies stuff, right? In the beginning, especially, you want to buy them chocolate or you want to buy them roses or you want to buy them jewelry. This the same thing. This is written thousands of years ago. Same kind of thing is true. We want to value our ladies. Our ladies love to be valued. Sometimes that's through gift giving. Sometimes it's through simply listening, hearing their voice and hearing their heart. But they want you to cherish them. They want you to want to know what's in their heart and what's in their mind, and they want to hear value come out of your mouth. So stopping and looking them in the eye and telling them, honey, I'm crazy about you. I love this and this and this about you. Makes them feel valued and loved, right, and chosen. Huge, huge. We see all this playing out in Song of Songs. Goes on, 2-7 Daughters of Jerusalem, this is the lady speaking, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. She says, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So this this is the woman talking to her friends, daughters of Jerusalem. And she's going to say, listen, girls, don't wake love up. Don't arouse love until it's ready, until it so desires, until the time has come. She's going to say, listen, we're we're attracted to each other. We're going to see that in a minute here even more. We're attracted to each other, me me and my man, but we don't wake love up until it's ready, until it's time. Right? I value my purity, and ladies, you should too. Don't get started down that road sexually until you have a commitment. And here's how this works, right? Fellas, our ladies are looking to be valued. Their bodies are looking to be valued. Their purity is to be valued. In general, men, what we're looking for when we're hot into a relationship, a dating relationship, we are very sexually motivated. Guys are like, yep, busted, right? We are sexually motivated like crazy. Ladies tend to be commitment motivated, right? So while we want sex, our ladies tend to want to know 
are you in? Before I give you my body, are you giving me your hand and your heart in a relationship? Fellas, the best way, one of the best ways that we can value our ladies is to look and say, I'm going to hold myself back. I'm not going to push the envelope physically with you. I value you too much to do that. I'm not going to ask for your body until I'm ready to give you my heart and my hand. Right? So until marriage comes, I'm going to protect your purity, and I'm going to protect you physically in that way. Huge. Right? Huge. Continue to look at it. Song of Songs 2, 8 through 11, listen, this is the woman, listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, look, there he comes, bounding over the hills. He's a young stag. Jump, I was like, this is amazing. This is how she views her man. He's pursuing her. She calls him a young stag. Who doesn't, what guy does not love that, right? He's a young stag bounding over the mountains. He's coming to look for me. He's pursuing me. It's like a musical. It's cheesy, but it's happening right now, right? He goes, he says, he's looking through the walls. There he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. I know, that sounds like a stalker, right? (laughs) But what he's saying is, my man is looking for me. He's pursuing me. He's coming after me, right? In a good way. He says, my beloved spoke and he said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter's past, the rains are over and gone. It's springtime. I'm coming to look for you. My attention is for you. I want to be with you, right? I'm so motivated that I'm going to chase you down and look for you until I find you. Chosen, valued, pursued. Fellas, this is what our ladies are looking for. They're looking for our intentionality. Uh, what I hear from, uh, from ladies is that what we're looking for, what our ladies are, are looking from us, fellas, is our effort. To put a little effort into it. Put a little planning into it. To think about them and to do our best at least to try it. Right? And I want to try and show up and care about what you care about. Uh, when Lori and I, my wife and I, started dating, uh, we're very different human beings, right? Very different. And opposites do tend to attract. So a lot of us are going to have this kind of story. Lori was a musical theater major. I was like, I don't even think I know what a musical is, right? I was like, I have zero interest in musicals. I'm not a young stag leaping across the hills, right? I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I have a decision to make. If I'm going to pursue my wife and love her and know her heart and care about what she cares about, I'm going to have to find an interest in musical theater. I'm going to have to find an interest. It may never be my favorite thing, but all of a sudden I want to start to care about and at least be willing to show up a little bit and, and know what you know and start to love a little bit of what you love, right? Because women want to be pursued. Fellas, this is how it works. Our ladies want to be valued. They want to be pursued. They want to be chosen. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. And in different seasons of life, of course, it's going to look very, very different. The beginning is you looks very elaborate in the dating relationship, right? Big plan, right? big engagement, right? Big offering, right? When you're trying to in- throw the engagement out there, you're trying to throw the big date. It's huge. You get into marriage, it starts to look a little bit different. Being pursued might just mean 
in the young kid stage that you're just offering your wife a nap, right? I will hold the baby, honey, while you sleep. She's like, thank you, you love me, right? She'll receive it that way. It might look very, very different over the course of a lifetime, but this is what our ladies are looking for. They're looking for our attention, our heart, our intentionality, our passion, and it shows up in all kinds of ways. Of course, we've only had some of them here together. All right, let's flip the coin, look at the other side. Ready? Ladies, what do men want from a man? I like talking about this side a little bit more. Okay, here we go. Ladies, what do men want from a woman? Men want to be believed in, celebrated, and respected. Men want to be believed in, celebrated, and respected. Every guy's like, amen, right? I'm in for that. Here's what this is going to look like. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his, his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. What are we talking about? A lot of symbolism here. So right before this verse, we would have had the lily and the thorns thing. So the man would have looked at the woman and said, okay, you are the lily, all the rest are the thorns. She responds here, and she says, out of all the trees, man, you, you, honey, you, my beloved, you're the apple tree. You're the special tree in the midst of all the trees. You're the one I want to be with. I want to be under your leadership, under your shade. I want to be with you. And right, that would extend. She was, she's kind of saying, I want to be with you physically, but I also want to be associated with you in your leadership. See, this is a woman who believes in her man. She's not looking at other men and saying, why aren't you more like that guy? Oh, why, why don't you figure it out? She believes in him. And she's communicating that to him. She's saying, listen, if you have a great dream, right, and it's God-given per se, right, if you want to chase down a road and you believe in something, you have, I'm in. And ladies, this is what will make your men feel loved if you have a guy in your life. You believe in who he is. Because here's a secret. It's probably not that much of a secret. But we guys look tough and we act tough. But our egos are fragile. Right? And we're going to run out of steam on our dream. And we're going to wonder sometimes, can I pull this off? And there's going to be times when we need you to look back at us and say, honey, you got this. I'm with you. I believe in you. Right? And, and that will make, your man will be eight feet tall right? after loving him like that. Communicating your affirmation and your validation is huge. You guys have heard that phrase before, I'm sure, behind every great man is a great woman. I don't really like that phrase, but it's close. Behind, we should say it this way, instead of behind every great man is a great woman, it should be beside every great man is a great woman, right? Because we are great in teams. And when a woman who is strong and supportive and believes in her man, even through turbulence, when that trust is communicated, it is massive, right? We feel believed in and we feel celebrated and it's a huge deal. It's going to continue to go on. She says, let him lead me to the banquet hall. Let his banner over me be love. Let him lead me to the place of celebration. Let his banner over me be love. So how this would work is when armies would fight, the one who won would plant a banner Right? To kind of say that this has been conquered, this territory is mine. She's looking at her man, she's saying, listen, I, I'm not fighting you. I, I want to surrender to your love. I am with you. I'm in. 
I celebrate you. I want your banner to be over me, love. I want it to, to look in, at you and say, I'm in. I want your love to be my love. Men love to be celebrated in this way, to be identified with. It's huge. Ladies, your man, whether you're dating, whether you've been married for 50 years, your man is always, always, always going to have parts of him um, that are not quite what you want him to be, right? They're imperfections, they're weaknesses, they're flaws. There's always going to be a part of your man that if you look at it, are worth celebrating and are worth believing in and are worth kind of cheerleading, clapping for. And if you stare at this part, if you stare at the parts that are worth celebrating and you fan the flame in that man, he will come to life, right? Because celebration is like fuel in the tank for a man. We thrive off of being celebrated and being respected in that way. I'll give you a little example. So Lori and I, we've been married 15 years. We're always trying to figure out, you know, who's doing what household duties and what's happening when. I remember one time I was unloading the dishwasher. And as I was unloading the dishwasher, uh, Lori looked at me and she said, honey, you're really good at unloading the dishwasher. (laughs) You know what I said? I am? She said, yeah. She's like, you're so fast at it. She goes, you... You're like the dishwasher ninja, right? And I was like, I am the dishwasher ninja, right? Right? And I'm pulling all the dishes out. Next time the dishwasher's full, guess who wants to unload that sucker? The ninja, right? I'm like, I love this job. Why? I am celebrated here. And she was being sincere, right? She was just not being patronizing. But she's just like, Rand, you're really good at that. Love that. Now, could Lori have looked at me and said, here's all the things that you haven't done, right? You haven't done blah, 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 blah. And every time I have to ask you, and I don't know why you never, and you used to blah, blah, She could have done that whole thing. And that whole, like, tone of communication that you just heard right there, if, when that's coming out, ladies, here's what happens to your man. I don't hear you anymore, <laughs> right? That's what happens. You know it because you've done it, right? If you nag and you're on it, and you don't believe he's going to come through even though he said he's going to come through, he will turn you off. If you celebrate him, and in most of the time you're in his corner, guess what happens? The time when you really need to say something that he really needs to hear, he'll listen. Why? He can trust your voice. He knows you have his back. He knows you believe in him. He knows you see that he's trying, even though he's not quite getting it right. Like you're honoring and celebrating his attempts at romance or at life or at whatever. And he feels loved and kind of protected by you. And so when you have something to say and it's for real, he's going to hear you differently because you kind of picked your battle and most of the time you landed on the side of celebration. Make sense? That's what we're looking for. Men thrive in being believed in, being celebrated. Here's another way it would show up. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. Pretty intimate statement. So you have a necklace. So in the ancient world, how it would work is a lady would have a necklace with like a little sack of myrrh oil, which would be like a, a gum and an oil in it that would be fragrant. And that thing would go with her kind of everywhere, and it would be her fragrance that everyone would know her by. 
So as she walked through the ancient world, you would smell and you would say, ooh, that's so-and-so, right? And attach her name to it. She is saying to her man, you are like that scent to me. I want everybody to know that I'm with you. I want, to be, I want you to be my identifier, that people, when they see you, they think of me, right? There's a pride in association with you. I'm proud, right? She's looking at him. She's saying, I, I celebrate you. I respect you. I want to be with you. I want to be known as yours. She's not saying, why aren't you like so-and-so? If you were more of a spiritual leader, like blah, 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 why don't you have, lose some weight? Why don't you get a better, why don't you make more money? None of that. She's looking at him and she's saying, I want everybody to know that's my man. Ladies, your man will come to life. You treat him like that. Come to life. It's huge. When he's celebrated, when he's honored in that way, it's massive. Here's another one. Song of Songs 2, 5, and 6. Strengthen me with raisins. Refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. Ooh, it's getting hot in here, right? It's getting serious. As you read through this passage in context, what's happening is this lady respects and loves her man, right? And she's attracted to him physically. She wants to be with him. Now, later in the passage, she's going to say, don't arouse or awaken love. We're not going there, but she's saying, boy, my body wants to go there. I'm sick with love. I want to be with you, right? When you, when you hug me, when you embrace me, it makes me sick to, to hold back, but I have to. This woman is communicating her attraction to her man. Ladies, nothing will make your man feel more respected than when you communicate your sexual attraction for him. Every guy in the room is like, he said it. It's just true. It's just true. Right? When I, when I know that she wants me, oh man, that's awesome. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. And it's the end point. I want you to see it. It's the end point of a couple loving each other as they're kind of designed to be loved. Right? When, when he is choosing me and valuing me and when, when he is kind of pursuing me, right? And when, when she's responding, when it's working back and forth, when there's celebration, there's respect, and there's belief in, what happens is we become crazy about each other. It becomes a safety. There's a trust, and there's an attraction because we're filling in each other's needs. We're built on a foundation of love. Romance is on top of that, and the only place to go with it is sexual, Right? And it's the end of that union, a, a oneness. And of course, we know that's made for marriage specifically, that that is to happen, that the body is given physically with a commitment in the bonds of marriage. It's a beautiful thing, right? So what do we do with all this? Men, women, how does it all work? If you're dating, you're in a dating relationship right now, and you're a lady, if your man that you're dating, you're with, maybe you're deep into it, or maybe you're just beginning, if it's not starting to look something like what we just described, you need to pump the brakes. Because you're in the dating phase, he's probably trying as hard as he's going to try in this stage, right? 
When are we going to throw the most effort? When do we have the most time to energize a dating relationship, a romantic relationship? It's usually in that initial phase where we're trying to have your attention. If he's not pursuing you, if you're just kind of the end point of his priority list, if he's not valuing you, if he's always pushing the envelope physically and he's not willing to give you his time, if you would look at him and say, man, I, I don't know that I can trust him. I don't know that he is choosing me. I don't know if I'm the only woman in his life. Pump those brakes, ladies. Right? Because if that's how it is today, it's not going to get better if you go deeper in. I want to understand, I want to look at that and say, if love isn't happening in that early stage, if we're not kind of beholden with each other, What's wrong with the situation and why isn't that happening? Fellas, same thing for you. If she's all about herself, she's all about her looks and she can't support you and she's jealous of your accomplishments, if she can't extend respect to you and celebrate who you are in your dreams, pump the brakes. It's not going to be... If she's always nagging, right? if that's happening, that's not going to get better. Right? The weaknesses of dating, romance and dating, they're magnified in marriage. So if it's that bad now, pump the brakes and understand it because it's not going to get better. You've got to fix it or maybe even think about getting out of that relationship. Now, you're married. Right? Maybe you're into this relationship. You're hearing this and you're like, ooh, I kind of remember this. Maybe you're new in it or maybe been married a long time. Husbands, pursuit can look very, very different in different stages, so don't hear this as a guilt trip. But at the end of the day, as a husband, as a man, we are responsible to fight for the hearts of our wives. Knowing her, choosing her, prioritizing her, and making sure that we are synced up is absolutely critical. It's huge helping her to feel valued, whatever that means. Ladies, flip side's also true. Your husband needs your support. He needs your belief, your celebration. I know he's failed you. He needs you to believe again. He needs you to forgive and find a way to respect and if you do that, right, husbands and wives, you break that cycle and start again, you might be able to start seeing other parts of your relationship fire at another level, a.k.a. sex, right? If the respect is gone and the celebration's gone and the value's gone and the pursuit is gone, pretty good chance the sex is gone, just saying. Okay, I hit too close to home. We'll keep going. It's a reality. Right? Can we get back up and put it back together and watch marriage happen the way that God designed it to be? Okay, if I'm dating, if I'm married, I interact with both those things. Now there's a deeper level to this that we have to hit on. We go back to our original definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. This should be the marker of our relationship 
that we're not cruel with each other, we're not cutting, we're tender with each other, we're patient, we don't envy each other or boast against one another, we celebrate in each other's victories. It does not dishonor others, right? So I'm going to protect your weaknesses and flaws and absorb them as much as I can. It's not self-seeking. Listen, if you're looking to get into a romantic relationship because you think it's going to make you happy, you're doing the wrong thing. Romance, love, is to be self-giving. If you want to love someone else, you're thinking about it the right way. If you're looking for someone to meet your needs, and that's why you want someone in your life, think again. Because at the end of the day, love is a selfless thing. It is self-giving. It is not easily angered. Ladies especially, if you're dating someone and you're seeing flares of anger, eruptions, throwing things, punching walls, you need to watch that and you need to understand that before you move forward. Pump the brakes on that. Understand it. That is not going to get better. It's going to get worse unless that man figures out where that anger is coming from. Keeps no record of wrongs. The one thing I can guarantee you in romantic love is forgiveness will be needed. No matter what. You are an imperfect person connected to another imperfect person and you and I, right, we're going to need to forgive each other if this thing's going to work. Grace it's going to have to show up. We're, we're going to have to look past each other's failures and forgive and say, I forgive you and say, I'm sorry a lot. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God at the center, we're rejoicing in the goodness of truth and who God is. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's certainly going to be true in a marriage relationship. We're going to fight for that as much as possible within biblical bounds. This kind of love is powerful, supernatural. And as I walk through all this, if you're dating, you're married, and you've got some practical stuff, you're going to go do. You go, oh, i got to walk out of here and put something into action. I would look at you and say, go do it. Absolutely. If you have a romantic act or gesture and you want to put it into practice, go for it. Right? If you want to try harder, go for it. Love that. But listen, at the deepest level, if you truly want great, long-lasting love, you can't do it by yourself. This kind of love is supernatural. This is the love of God. And the only way the love of God is going to show up in our relationship is if I understand how God has loved and is loving me. I need to know that love so that I can love in return. I said it in your notes this way. Our ability to express God's love is directly connected to our experience of His love. Say, what do you mean, Ryan? How, how does this all work? See, God is the author of love. He's the one that created it. And he loves you more perfectly and more passionately than any spouse or any boyfriend or girlfriend ever could. It's not a romantic love, but it is a deeply and a selfless love. Let me walk you through it. So when you look at God and his love for you, listen, God chose you. If you're in this room today and you're hearing this truth, you need to view that as God invading your life and choosing to interact with you purposefully. He knows what you've done. He knows what I've done. And he's chosen to enter into our lives. And he's chosen to pursue us. He came all the way from heaven and earth. That's Christmas. 
right, where he would leave heaven to come here all the way to chase us down. Not because we're such great people, but because of his passionate love for us. You want to talk about value. Does God value you and I? He values us at the expense of the life of his own son. That's what Jesus was doing. When he shed his blood to pay for you and I, it's an expression of his value that he sees in us. He says, you're worth dying for. That's God. Loving. You see, but what about the other side of it? Does God believe in me? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Here's the way I would say that. God, when he sees you, he sees a vision for your life that you do not and cannot see for yourself. And he knows that if he is allowed to enter into your life, then he can make something of you that you can't make on your own. He would believe that he could turn you in from kind of a sinner to a saint, someone who is in need of forgiveness to a partner with him. He celebrates you. Hear that? You know the scriptures say, God rejoices over you with singing. When he looks at you, he views you with absolute love. He adores you. He even respects you, right? He's forgiven us of our sin if we know him as Savior, and he has total right to look at us and say, you're, you're just going to be my slave now. It's enough for me to look at you and just forgive your sin. Now you're my slave. But he's elevated us to the point of brother or sister, ambassador, co-worker in his kingdom. He says, now you're a part of my very own family. You're my son and daughter now. See, God is the only one who can do this perfectly. And the only way I'm going to get a crack at great love is when I know how deeply I have been loved, now I can begin to express, although imperfectly, some version of that love to the person I'm with. If you want to become great at love, you need to know the God who created it. It's the only way it's going to work over the long haul. So it starts there. Boy, and I invite you, if you don't know that God, if you've never started a relationship with Christ, but begin investigating that. It is a love that will blow your mind, change your life, and give you a crack at long-lasting love potentially in this life. That's where we start. When I look at my relationships, is real love showing up, whether it's dating, whether it's marriage. When I look at who I am, am I continuing to get to know the God who is perfect in his love and letting God love through me, an imperfect, broken person. Think about that and pray about that. I'm going to the band come out. I want us to pray and kind of ask God to work in our hearts and wrap up our time here together. Father, we need you. And we need you to forgive us of our sin of our failure. Oh, we need your grace in the ways that we failed each other and the ways that we failed you. And Lord, we want to say thank you for showing us love. We were never going to find it on our own. Thank you for defining it and for being love, Lord. 
and teaching us how to do it. God, would you help us to pursue you as you have pursued us and to love each other with the love that you have given to us. God, help us to receive your forgiveness, whether for the first time today or just the first time in a while. Forgive us for our impurity. Forgive us for our selfishness. Help us to be the men and the women that you long for us to be. Meet us here, God, even now.